what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast with Juliana. Oh my goodness, I just jumped off a full day of training and those are always so interesting when you have to literally be planted in a chair because you're also on video, you know? And you wanna be polite to the person that's actually facilitating too, right? Because they're on video and you just wanna be fully engaged the whole time, but man, sitting on your tushy all day is tough. It's a tough job. (laughs) And I'm one of those weirdos that gets up in the on the lunch break right and goes to get in a workout and you have beads of sweat it's just hilarious but you do what you gotta do so i am fully charged is what i'm saying and the topic that we're going to dive into today similar to like what i was talking about it was it was neat the tie-in here is that it was a call full of mission-driven messengers and people that are really devoted and dedicated to developing themselves so that they could really steward their impact in the world well. And so I had this message starting to brew in in my heart to share with you all. And then with that training as well, it just was amplified. So fully charged to deliver this message to you. And the topic is servant leadership, servant leadership. Now, You might think, well, I already know what that is, or yeah, that's cool, or you know, that doesn't help the bottom line. Wherever you're at, I just challenge you to to open your mind, and I invite you to think about the type of leader that you are. Okay, it's not enough in the world (laughs) that we live just to say, well, I am an encouraging leader, or I'm a, a hopeful leader, or I'm an optimistic leader, or I'm a challenging leader, right? Or I'm a whatever, right? It's not enough just to have a word. Like you literally have to know like in the core of your identity, who you are as a leader and why you are so passionate about that because there's going to be challenges and things that come up in the world or there's gonna be days where your work is hard, is hard and you won't be able to embrace the hard or as I hear some say, embrace the suck. (laughs) In the same way, unless you're really clear on those things. So I did wanna do a a deeper dive into this because I think it's incredibly empowering and I know that this would have radically changed my own life if I would have known that there's many facets of leadership. Like there's not a one size fits all leader. And especially again in the world that we live in today, we can't just take one approach to leadership because we're not dealing with one dimensional people. We're, We're multifaceted human beings, right? And you can't just deal with us in one capacity and expect that you're gonna bring out the best. Right? So that is where this is coming from. But you know how we do. I'm gonna bring out (laughs) some scripture here to help you understand how important, just how important the Bible actually says that that being a servant 
is, okay? So being a servant, if you actually look it up, if you just look up servant and you look up all the scriptures, it's a significant theme in the Bible. And the Bible verses are all about serving others and how you can develop a servant heart towards God and towards others. And I really want to preface that because we are here for God first, then for others. And sometimes... I know this is true in my own story, and I, I've seen it in many folks that have been burned out or that have been overcomers from people-pleasing or codependency, right, or some, some family dynamics that, that caused them to take on a load that was, that was not meant for them to carry, right? They could have a resistance toward the idea or the concept of being a servant leader, right? And servant leadership is not pouring from an empty cup and it's not coming from a place of being unhealthy. Okay, so we're going to talk about that today. But just for those, I do want to highlight that, that this is coming from a place of being healthy and whole and an integrated self, not not a not a unhealthy dynamic. All right. And it's also important to note that we can't fully live the life of a believer, right? Or or a servant or a friend of God, we can't fully embrace that life without embracing the attitude of being a servant, right? There's a mindset connected to that. There's a heart position connected to that. There's an attitude (laughs) connected to that. And it is not, for the record, one of entitlement or pride or ego, right? It's one of humility and grace and service. Those are very different ways of operating, okay? So it might require some fine-tuning to work this out and to walk this out in your own life. But Jesus is is the model. Jesus is the example of, of following after him, right? That is servant leadership. As we follow after him, as we do what he does, and he only did and said what the Father did, right? And said, right? So as we follow that, we're, we're literally being the light in the world in a very real and practical way. It's not just something that is cerebral or nebulous, right? It's something that is very real and very practical, okay? So Holy Spirit helps highlight how we can serve personally, okay? And we have different graces in our life, so that's going to look different for everybody. So all that to say, there's not a one-size-fits-all formula, but you really can lean into these scriptures and find what that means for you. So one of the common ones that we've heard is Matthew 20, and it's verse 27. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, so this is a self-check for any time I feel like I'm not being valued or appreciated or whatever it is, right? When there's something happening with my esteem or identity or worth, right? Or what I've given, my investments and the return on investment and feeling, you know, there's a unfair exchange there. I look at this verse, hang on, (laughs) check your motive. What was your motive? Was it actually service or did you have an agenda, right? Were you out there just with the intention to serve or were you trying to control or or manipulate in some kind of way i know it's deep but that is so so huge and that's what we use the scripture to do it literally is a mirror (laughs) so we can see ourselves and whether we're aligned 
with truth and with the principles that are in the word for, for walking out our life or not. Okay. Another one is Joshua 24, 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we shall serve the Lord. So what I like from Joshua is that I really think about who am I choosing to serve, right? And even if it's like my... Let's say it's my intuition, okay? Or I'm just trying to think of things that, you know, you typically hear said in the world. Or, or my wisdom or life experience would tell me, right? So that all encompasses leaning on my own understanding, <laughs> right? So am I choosing to lean on my own understanding? Am I choosing to live under the influence of something other than the Holy Spirit in my life? There's many spirits that I can live under the influence of, but do I want to? And the more self-aware and conscious you become, the more you can intentionally get under the influence that you actually want to be under, okay? So another way to say this is truth is it's an understanding. It's, it's what we stand under, right? We get under it so that we can actually follow after it. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, another one is Luke 16, 13. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But I would challenge this and say any idol that you have in your life. Okay? You can't go your own way and then just ask God to bless it. <laughs> right? You can't run your own agenda and just expect that that's also in agreement with God. Right? A really radical shift that can happen is seeking God first and then partnering with what he's doing. Okay, but that requires getting still, that requires letting go of any agenda that you have or any vision that you have, and, and letting God lead and guide and give you that vision. And then lastly, I would say, dun, 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 this one, 1 Peter 5.2, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Another scripture says, do everything is unto the Lord. So I know that I have found this incredibly impactful, whether I've been on assignment, let's say, in the corporate space, in a nonprofit space, in a project, you know, working on a project. I have seen those things as working unto the Lord and it's radically shifted my perspective and the meaning I assign to what I'm doing, the perspective or the lens in which I'm looking at it, right? And all of that then affects how I speak about it, how I relate with it, right? How I serve. So that is really, really important. But I challenge you to go and look up scriptures just around being a servant so that you can redefine what that means. Because again, if you had a false sense of responsibility that you were somewhat forced to to have because you didn't know better uh, and then you continue to live in in that unhealthy dynamic where you took on all the work you know and others took advantage of that this could feel like a a not fun <laughs> I'm like words like something that you don't want to pursue right? Or like you're over it, okay? But I do want to lift up here that 
servant leadership is coming from a healthy and whole place. And we're going to dive into more of what that is. But I challenge you to redefine what it means to be a servant. Okay. And also want to note that God doesn't just view us as servants, but friends. And those are entirely different relationships. So also do some research on that as some homework. There you go. Okay. So let's go into a little bit about what servant leadership is so that you can try that on too and see how you feel about that. So servant leadership is a leadership philosophy in which the goal of the leader is service. This is different from traditional leadership where the leader's main focus is the thriving of their company or their organization. Typically, you know, performance, bottom line, sales, okay? So a good example of servant leaders, Abraham Lincoln is an example. His actions during the U.S. Civil War. Let's see, another one might be... Dun, dun, dun. Martin Luther King Jr. is an example of a servant leader. I'm trying to think of some other folks off the top of my head. <laughs> um, let's see. Oprah Winfrey is an example of another servant leader. There are so many. And, and right now, again, I'm just like allowing what is coming to my mind after a training, but you get the idea. They're not just after the bottom line, okay? So I wanna express here what a, a servant leadership, what servant leadership could look like, what are some of the traits of a, a ser of servant leader or some characteristics. So some characteristics, just so you can get a sense of, oh yeah, I really identify it with that, listening. <laughs> You'll really notice when you're around a servant leader that they actually listen and not for how they're going to cue up something to say or like rebuttal or negotiate with you, but they're actually listening. Like they're looking you in the eye. They're very present with you in the moment. They also have empathy. So they don't just sympathize with you or say, oh, I'm sorry you had that experience, right? But they actually can, can relate to that or can really bridge that gap in a sense of they can put themselves in your shoes to the best of their ability, or they can even ask, you know, your feedback about that. Oh, tell me, that must have felt some kind of way. How did that make you feel? Like they actually will go into the feeling and the experiential of it, okay? They really have characteristics around healing. So you'll notice they do their own inner healing. So they understand the work that is involved in healing yourself. And so they're able to celebrate that work in others and also help other people do that work. They have great awareness. They are just more in tune, not only just with themselves, but also with the world around them. They just are able to somehow say the right thing at the right time. They're able to pick up on different perspectives or they have really interesting ways that they think, right? So they're thought leaders in a lot of ways. They have a characteristic or a gift even of persuasion. You know, they could be sharing something with you and you're just engrossed in what they're saying. You're like, I don't even know, but like, yes, whatever that is. <laughs> they, they can really conceptualize. So they're really great visionaries and they they come up with concepts and strategies and they can really bring complex ideas they can break them down so that other people can digest them 
They've got foresight. I like to say I've seen this movie before. <laughs> so what that means is you can anticipate where how this is going to play out, right? Like if you take these steps, this is what this is going to look like. Like if you reverse engineer from there, that ain't going to be good. So here here's what I recommend, right? So they're really able to to see into the future. And they also are stewards. So they have a heart and a need even to steward well every Thing in their life, every gift that they've been given, their time, their energy, their finances, their relationships. They want to steward well everything that they've been given, okay? So typically, too, in a work environment or if you've been on a team with somebody that is a servant leader, they have this capacity and also just this ability to share power and they put the needs of others first so they they aren't somebody that's driven by a role or a title or any of that right they put the needs of others first they help individuals develop and optimize their performance they're willing to learn from others so they they have a tendency to not internalize or take things personally. They actually are feedback junkies. They love that because they can just, you know, even if it's constructive criticism or like the real hard truth, they can take that in and be like, oh yeah, like I didn't see that before, but a great point. I'm going to go work on that, right? Like they just see everything as powerful and, and life-giving and, and effective in helping them grow and expand and evolve, right? And they also forsake at times personal advancement and rewards. So they're usually not the competitive ones. They're usually not driven by performance or some sort of reward tied to their position. That's not what it's about. They're more mission driven than anything else. Okay. So they, they concentrate on performance planning and how to really optimize performance. Like I can't get the best out of my people if we only focus on the bottom line. That's not going to work, right? A lot of people think that in the traditional way of thinking, but I understand that if I am only working to get the bottom line out of somebody, they're not going to necessarily trust me, respect me, you know, be open to my leadership, none of that, right? So they're very much concentrating on performance planning, which is very individual with everybody on their team and who they're involved with. They focus on day-to-day coaching and helping people achieve. And that also has a, a lifestyle component to it as well. So in the context of corporate or nonprofit or just, you know, in the workforce, it's it's more than just advancement at the company. It's just advancement. Like, where does this person ultimately want to go? Like, what is their dream? Okay, so a servant leader is about helping that. And then they can really utilize that environment to help them develop those skills as well for where they're headed. Okay, so really what the, the approach that's, that's different, the traditional leader, I, I guess like the traditional leader is really focusing on motivating their people to get results. Okay, the difference then with a servant leader is their main goal or responsibility is just to provide service to their people. How can they help somebody learn something new? How can they help them, you know, in a way that's really practical and experiential for them? Okay. All right. So hopefully you can see here that the the mark (laughs) of a servant leader is not self-satisfaction, but helping other people. Okay. Now, 
dun, 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 dun. let's bring out a couple of things so that you can actually actually dive in and see see where you're at here all right i want to pull up my notes for a second bum, bum. Dun, 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 dun. okay so when we think about the world that we live in, particularly after a pandemic, what we started to see was that traditional models didn't work the same. Like we could not continue to do things. We couldn't have business as usual. We also couldn't go back just to the way that it was, right? And then you started hearing things like mental health, emotional health, right? Well-being. <laughs> or that people actually enjoy working from home and they actually had some anxiety thinking about going back into the office because they found or started to tap into habits and routines and practices that actually brought more life balance to their life when they were still enough to to look at their life and evaluate their life out of force from the pandemic they started to look at it and realize that there was a lot of things that were were being presented as opportunities to find more opportunities to take care of ourselves okay so whether that was working out from home um trips to the grocery store you know like not eating out all the time because if you're not out then you might not eat out also so like there was just other things that changes in routine and lifestyle habits that really actually enhanced their life and their well-being okay so let me share some things here and then we'll just wrap this up for today. All right, ready, ready, let's dive into this. So what it means to serve others, okay? I just want to give you a couple of things. It means putting the interests of others above yourself, okay? So we have a tendency to think that if we do that, then our needs won't be met, and typically that's why there's resistance, all right? But that's not exactly what it is. It's making sure that you're spending time with God, that you're keeping that a priority first, and then you're giving. Everything that you're doing throughout the day is giving out of that overflow, okay? You've probably seen somebody that overgives, right? So it's not it's not necessarily that. It's not being an overgiver or an overproducer, but it's having this intention to be of service. And when you're focusing on being of service, inevitably you know to take care of yourself because then you can't take care of others, right? So if you're a parent, you know that if you're not getting adequate sleep, if you're not eating well, if you're not working out, if you're just not taking care of yourself, there's repercussions for that, okay? Like your your children are probably not getting the best version of you. You might not have the energy or the focus or the creativity or like the presence to be involved in a way that you would if you took care of yourself. So servant leaders are very aware of their own responsibilities, of their of the need to take care of themselves, of their need to actually model that well and steward that well. So they're setting an example for others. So it's not, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to listen to me. It's I'm going to show you and inspire you to follow me because you're not going to do what I say. You're going to do what you see, right? So servant leaders typically know that. That's why they take all the onus or the ownership onto themselves, okay? So Something that really happens then because of that is servant leaders really embrace their vulnerabilities. So whether that's their weaknesses, whether it's the things that make them uncomfortable, they're not 
acting as if they are holier than thou. They're not about, you know, pointing out other people's sins or judging people, right? They're not about projecting this image of perfection and like they've got it all together. It's not that at all. It's I'm doing the best that I can and I'm going to share with you as I go, right? So an example of this, I was consulting um, with a woman and she was sharing a story with me that was just a huge kind of aha and pivotal moment in her life. She was pursuing so much education, you know, beyond doctorate level. She just kept going even after that, you know, and would do research papers and presentations. And she got to a place where her father was transitioning and he had said something to her and it just resonated. It just shook her. And it was essentially what good, right? Like, I'm so proud of you, but I do want to hold up. Like, what good is it? If you're exposing yourself to so much knowledge, to so much wisdom, to so much information, yet you're not pouring that out to other people, right? Like if it just stays with you, it doesn't have the impact. So she was really moved to get into, you know, consulting work and and ways to, to build programs and trainings and all sorts of things because she didn't want all of that to just stay inside of her, right? Out of everything that she learned, she wanted to then go and serve with it because I, because I, put in the time, right? Because I really worked through this for years because I invested in this. I'm going to present it to you through my own lens in a way that could shave down your learning curve, right? And you can benefit from my sacrifice and from my investment, right? So she started going down that path. So that's an example of servant leadership, okay? Rather than just focusing on how I can use this information and knowledge to get ahead myself, I'm going to think about how can I turn this into something that can benefit other people, okay? All right. And another way to say this too is only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. That's actually Brene Brown. She's an example of another servant leader. And, you know, she is a shame researcher. She does so much phenomenal work, but she really explores and studies vulnerability and shame and and topics that aren't widely discussed, you know, and it would be topics that a lot of people would never discuss. But she's expressing that as we go into these dark places, we can actually understand that those aren't what actually carry power. You know, it's our light that has all of the power. And we, we can learn how to shine that better when we're more aware of who we are, right? So let us dive in a little bit further, shall we? <laughs> There's another piece, and we see this in the in the word as well, but it's making efforts to give without expecting in return. So a lot of times when we attach expectations or when we feel entitled, that's when we end up with expectation hangovers. <laughs> that's when we have a lot of anger and resentment and frustration because we're expecting, well, you should notice my sacrifice or you should pay me back for this investment. Or, you know, we make it about us and then it just literally pulls the plug on the service and the actual gift of giving. Now that's not to diminish, you absolutely should know your value and you should know the the worth behind what you are giving, right? But it's it's not, when you are so focused on service, you're not focused on the returns, you're just continually focused on serving, just trusting that inevitably that's all gonna come back to you, even if it's not 
the source that you're investing in, right? As you put that, as you sow, you will reap a harvest. Like you just know that. Like that's the principle of sowing and reaping, okay? So your intention is not to just focus on yours and your harvest, but to sow. And when you focus on your sowing, you know God is gonna take care of the harvest. With me? Okay. All right, so there, there's inevitably this need to keep paying it forward, okay? So think about that. If everybody in society <laughs> started thinking about paying it forward versus hating on each other, that would be a whole new world right there, okay? Okay, okay. Let me give you a couple of practical things here that you can use. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Sound effects help everything, by the way. It's just what it is. Okay? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So here we go. This is what I will say if you sense that you are a servant leader, that you're you're not just driven by the bottom line, you've been in environments like that and you are miserable, there's gotta be another way, you've got a lot of passions, you feel like there's a lot of ways that you can serve people, this is resonating, here are some things that you can do. There is a better way, is what I will say, and that's the way that you're designed for. <laughs> And as you, as you get in relationship with the creator, he gives you insights about you, his creation, and the good plans that he's planned for you before he formed you. Like he knew exactly what he wanted you on the earth to do, why he wanted you on the earth for such a time as this. He knows all of that. So first and foremost, I would say get clear on your big picture. There's a scripture for this, ask, seek, knock, keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking, and trust that God will bring the clarity as you spend time with him, as you journal things out, as you get clear on how you're wired, he will start bringing revelation and insights to you about what that big picture is. God, what is the vision that you have for me? How can I partner with you to really serve well? in this season and it can look different in different seasons so you could have many assignments if you will right we're, we're called to be salt and light in the world right because that can have many different expressions and many different seasons okay so keep that in mind but imagine god gives you a glimpse of your future self okay like who are you being what are you doing who are you serving? How are you serving them? What does that look like? Like, what is the environment? Where are you going? When, when you're going into all the world, what does that look like? Right? When you're discipling, what does that look like? So get clear on what this big picture is. What what brings you joy? Like, what helps you activate your joy? What What is something that if there was no money attached to it, that you would just wake up and do? Right? Like, if you actually were to be paid to do this thing that you love, what would that look like? If you could just literally, if you think about a LinkedIn profile, <laughs> okay? And you can write out your own job description, what the role bullet points are, what the responsibilities are, what the compensation is, right? Like if you were to just write that whole sucker out, vision that with God and see what you come up with, okay? And then when you have clarity on what's important, you then get to decide what you are going to spend your time, your energy, your emotions 
all of that on, right? So you can, in a sense, backtrack from that. So if I'm becoming that, this is what I need to be focusing on every day. Even if you are working right now and that looks like nothing like the vision that God gave you a glimpse of, cool. But there's things that, that he's he showed you where he's leading you. Now it's preparation so that you can step into that and freaking rock it, right? So what does that mean? If, if you see yourself being a mother and you're not a parent, what does that mean? Is there anybody that you could be a spiritual mentor to and be a spiritual mother to? Is it, you know, babysitting for a friend periodically, right? If she has young kids, is it, you know, hanging out in a mother's group and, and learning about it, right? Who knows, right? But there's, there's many things that you could do to start preparing for that because, your life would would inevitably be different, right? Or maybe you really want to be married. Okay, what do you know about marriage? What does it look like for you, right? We, We say Proverbs 31, that's great. You can read that verse. However, what does it look like to actually actualize that? Okay, what, what part of that is really being highlighted to you? Have you ever done a marriage study or a marriage course? Do you know the purpose of marriage? Okay, for example, if you don't know that marriage is about dying to yourself daily to serve your partner <laughs> and help, it, help you know each other grow in the image and likeness of Christ, that could be really disappointing if you're getting into a relationship for what you can get right? Versus what you're there to give. Okay. So think about that. And then also, for example, with marriage, you are submitting to a mission. Submission literally means getting under a mission. So if you don't know that, then, you know, for example, you might partner with somebody whose mission you don't agree with. And now you're connected to that and you're supposed to get under that mission. That could be really hard for you. So these are things that you can do when you have a big picture. And then even if, you know, you are are not there, right? Like you're not married today or you don't have the child today, you can be preparing. And that, that brings so much more meaning and perspective to your life. Okay? Huge. Okay. Next one is set boundaries. Set boundaries. All right? So a lot of times we... we take on so much (laughs) and we say yes and it's easy to not even prioritize ourselves or have any time for us in the calendar so it's really important to know what your boundaries are what are your non-negotiables for for any area of your life this can be relationally this could be as it relates to your career as it relates to your job as it relates to you know friendships in your life what you're gonna communicate about what you're not so for example if you've been connected to folks that like gossiping you have a boundary around that, that's something that you need to communicate so other people understand that boundary. But that's something that you've got to know up front so that when it happens, right, it can actually be addressed and it's not something that that people just think that they can keep coming to you and gossiping and that you're going to be open and available for that. With me? So boundaries can look like how you're going to communicate. So in the workplace, what does email communication look like for you? Are you going to mirror what other people do or are you going to have clear communication or if something is bothering you or upsetting you are you going to let resentment grow or are you going to have a healthy confronting conversation with whoever is involved in that right it's important to know what your boundaries are okay whether this is also with yourself you know what what are boundaries with yourself are you going to stop working at a certain time so you can actually rest and replenish are you going to have daily time with god or daily study time what does that look like so that you can really serve well when we are 
overwhelmed, when we're stressed out, when we've got a lot that we're carrying, we're not going to function well. Like let's say that you're volunteering as well. You got so much on your plate, you're exhausted, but you keep saying yes to all these volunteer opportunities. Maybe now is not the time that you can give off the impression that you can handle that. Maybe you need to actually start using your no and be firm with that (laughs) and get used to letting your yes be yes and your no be no and having boundaries. Like what can you actually handle in this season? A really great way that I do this is I like to just do the good or God check, okay? Make a list on a piece of paper. Just draw a line down the center of the paper. And then on the left side, write down all the things that are good. All the good things that you think that you should be doing. And then write down on the right side everything that God actually told you to do and confirmed for you to do. Okay? And then all the things that he's not in or on, those now get lifted off your schedule. For for no other reason that God's not on it. Right? That is insane, but it will do wonders so that you can then actually focus on what it is that you're called to do. I actually went through this recently. I had a a book, which is coming out very soon. So if you're not on my newsletter, make sure that you get on there so you can pre-order it. But I had a book, another one, that was on my heart here for the past four years. Four years, just getting ideas all about this book. So I'm making notes on my phone, I'm making notes in spirals, I'm making notes on the computer, but I'm not getting the the grace for that. I'm not getting the green light to go and to write this sucker. So there came a time in a season though, where I had so many responsibilities on my plate. I did have volunteer responsibilities. I was in um, a ministry training, you know, coaching and had tons of clients. I was serving in an online community. I was working in a a nonprofit space. I was doing a lot. And then I just was, I just had this knowing that I needed to let go of this online serving, that I had to let go of some of these volunteer things that I was doing. And it was time to write. And I wouldn't be able to focus and and perform that assignment to the best of my ability and steward that well (laughs) if I was so distracted in these other things, which aren't necessarily distractions themselves, but if I'm not graced to do it, it now is a distraction because that's not my assignment. Hopefully that helps somebody. All right, so number one, get clear in your big picture so that you can see the, the image of where you're going and start preparing and start becoming that, get in that habit and practice of being who that is. Set boundaries so that you can actually serve well with what you're called to steward in this season. Figure out what motivates uh, those around you and your team, okay? So what what are you really called to give in this season, okay? So for example, I at one point was called to serve in a recovery space, and then I felt grace lift for that, and then I was led to serve in a prophetic space. Those two are totally different experientially. Vital, right? And eventually, you know, you can blend that as well. However... It was, you know, one environment wasn't ready for the next level yet, right? So, you know, and sometimes when you're in such a broken place, you know, I would, I would say the prophetic would be great for that. However, if, if you're not aware of what the prophetic is, that might not serve. But for, for me, I had to know what motivates my team. So where some were motivated by steps and by structure, specifically the recovery space and going through a process Some other folks were motivated by hearing God and knowing how to do that, like ASAP. Like I just, I I know that when I have clarity or when I get a rhema word, I'm good. So like help me to really 
understand that and start practicing that for myself, right? So find out what motivates your team. Are they motivated by um, you, your coaching? Are they motivated by time off? You know, what motivates them so that you can build that into a personal action plan with them? And then the last step would be take action. So it's the small things that we do every day that have the biggest impact. And a lot of times we underestimate that. But if you could think about just five things that you do on a daily basis to really help you operate well, what would those five things be? Because that can be your foundation and then that can help you set boundaries as well in your life so that you can truly serve well. So I call this the daily five or the the five to thrive. You can find this on my website, julianapage.com. It's like a just a little download that I made. But these are five things that I discovered that I'm like, yes, I need to do this every day so that I'm accountable to taking care of myself, so that I'm showing up in the fullness of what I've got, that I know experientially that I'm giving the best that I, I have. And if somehow I can't show up and do these things, you know, I, I need to, to make some adjustments, right? Or I need to communicate some, some boundaries, right? So go check that out. But essentially, servant leadership is is really knowing that you're on assignment, knowing that that you as a child of God are influential and you you have the power of God <laughs> that you can unleash with you everywhere you go. And that's not something to take lightly. That's an honor and a privilege. So privilege. <laughs> so how can you serve well with what you've been given? That's really the question. What does that look like? I don't want to necessarily overserve. I don't want to enable. I don't want to get out of alignment in any way, but how do I lead by serving? How do I lead and really focus on the impact versus just my bottom line versus just what's in it for me, right? And as you start doing that, your creativity starts to surge as well, right? So one of the best prayers is, God, what are you doing in this season? How can I partner with you? Don't let me miss what you're up to. Help me to come into agreement with the good plans and purposes that you have for me in this season, right? Give me revelation of how you want me to operate, right? How can I be your hands and feet in this organization? Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me fresh kingdom strategies that I can implement, right? How often are we actually doing that? Okay, so it comes from this heart to want to serve, to serve God and to serve others. Okay, and we do that by serving ourselves well, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. You can't do that if you're not receiving and being a good receiver of God because it's him. It's his love that helps us to love ourselves and then we can pour that out into the world. Okay, so... All right, guys, that's a loaded word. It took us a minute to unpack that, but I hope that helps somebody. I think that it's so, so powerful to think about a servant, but often we don't hear about that. We, we really see servants as somebody that's, you know, tired, worn out, has nothing left to give, and that's not the impression. A servant is joyful, right? Full of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. You're full of that. You're full of power. You have authority. You're here to walk in dominion and purpose. You're here to fulfill a good plan. You have a destiny on your life. You're on fire <laughs> for God. You're delighting in him. So you have overflow to give, but you won't if you're not spending that time and if you're not getting that daily direction, right? All right, humans, I hope this message blessed you. If you want to dive into this further, man, there's so much to unpack. 
You can also connect with me though over at julianapage.com. So there's coaching. We can do a deep dive into coaching and a wisdom session if you want to know more just about your leadership and your leadership style. I also have a self-mastery course over there and lots of books that you can, can see if they resonate with where you're at right now. So go ahead and go check that out over at julianapage.com. And until next time, guys, stay blessed.